0: For centuries there's always been a tension between the church and the realm of science. The church often seen as being fearful of science undermining doctrine and science accusing the church of standing in the way of progress. The most famous episode of course being the imprisonment of the 17th century astronomer Galileo for daring to suggest that the Earth revolves around the sun. Well, things have certainly come a long way since then especially here at Litchfield Cathedral. I'm Mark O'Brien and I've come to the cathedral's exhibition of Journeys Through Space, Light and Time, where all through the summer and autumn we'll be hosting a whole range of events and lectures exploring that relationship between religion and science and a whole lot more. And if you want to come to any of these, all you need to do is take one small step.
1: One small
2: step for man. One giant
0: leap for mankind. Well, whenever you do take a step inside any great cathedral, like Lichfield, your eyes are nearly always drawn upwards by great pillars holding up a vast interior and a very ornate ceiling. But not today, because as I walk in here, my eyes are immediately drawn down to the floor, which has been transformed into a spectacular lunar landscape. Stretching the whole way in front of me from the west doors right up towards the altar is a giant photographic reproduction of the moon's surface. And I'm standing on it. This huge installation is part of the 50th anniversary celebrations of the first moon landing and the creative genius behind it is the cathedral's artist in residence, Peter Walker. So Peter, what inspired you to do this?
1: So obviously it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landings but there's a lot more to the moon landings about humanity, about our place in the world, our stewardship of the world, that we can reveal through the use of art, and especially the use of art in a sacred building such as Litchfield Cathedral. So, through working with the Dean, we came up with a plan in order to allow people to engage with the space, with things that happened on the moon, but also with how we move forward, who we are as individuals and who we are as a species, and um, the astronauts stood on the moon and they look back from another, another planet, another entity for the first time, and there are some profound comments about how they felt, what that meant to them, but also how small that, that jewel in the universe is that we live on. And
0: as we're walking on it now, I mean, it, it, is, it is quite extraordinary because you do feel a sort of a connection because you, you can make out the, the greys of the lunar dust and the myriad of rocks of different shapes and sizes scattered everywhere, and of course the famous craters. What, for you as an
1: artist, do you you get from this? It is actually a single image. So it's a NASA image that we've worked with the National Space Centre, and we've worked over six months to get it up in quality and resolution to be able to print this single print, which has been joined together then to create the 36 metre artwork. So having this in the nave and letting people walk on it from an artistic point of view is like allowing them to come within a painting. So they're actually participating in the art. They're not just looking at something It's not something they can't afford or they can't um, engage with because it's in a golden frame on a wall in a museum. It's actually something they can come and touch, they can walk on, they're part of, and they can can connect when they walk on it in lots of different ways, but they can connect with the astronauts, what they've felt, and also perhaps think about their perspective of what the moon means to them and what the future's about.
0: Well, this lunar surface is here in the cathedral until the end of September, but what have people been making of it during their visit here today?
2: It's fantastic. It's just wonderful. It really feels yeah. really weird. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. It really is. It can you it, walk doesn't in it? You know, walk
1: on the moon. Is, it's brilliant, yeah.
2: Slightly disconcerting
1: <laughs> because it's not something you
2: expect when you walk into the, uh, the, the place. I thought it was cool because the ceilings were so high yeah. that it, it, it added to that sense of space. When you're walking on it, it's just as though, you know, oh, be careful, there's a crater there. You thought know? yeah, yes. you might
0: fall in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what do you feel walking on something that's so far away? Up but in the air. <laughs> you feel up and it's yeah. uplifting.
2: So, yes, it is. Yes, yeah. I think so. And that's how it makes you feel lifted. Yeah. This is different and it's lovely.
1: I guess it's like science, isn't it? You don't normally associate that with. A church, I guess.
0: Some people might say it a bit odd to see a, a lunar surface on the floor of a cathedral.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wholeheartedly encourage science and religion to work in hands as much as they can.
0: <laughs> and what do you think we'll get from this? What, what are you getting from this?
2: That science and religion are both very positive things, especially for communities that have been so deeply rooted in it for so long.
0: I never thought I would be walking on the, on the moon on the 50th anniversary of <laughs> Armstrong and Aldrin being on the moon. So it's very interesting. And what do you think about walking on the moon in a cathedral? <laughs> well, it's something that Armstrong and Aldrin had never done. They've walked on the moon, but I've walked on the moon in a cathedral. So you've got one well up on them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd probably never see the, other, the next 50th anniversary of it, but at least I'm doing it now. Well, well done. Well, throughout the summer, the 50th anniversary of the moon landing has been celebrated and reflected upon in many different ways all over the world, and we're now more than familiar with those iconic black-and-white TV images of Neil Armstrong's famous One Giant Leap for Mankind. But why bring it to Litchfield Cathedral? Well, the Dean of Litchfield is the very Reverend Adrian Dauber.
3: The great thing about Christian reflection on the, the stars and the planets, goes back to the Psalms really, is that people have looked at space uh, from the point of view of Earth and seen providentially, there's this wonderful sense of night and day. There's the sun by day and the moon by night. So it's led to all sorts of Christian reflection about the place of the moon and this kind of mysterious pull the moon has on the human mind, on tides and so on. But certainly there was an intuition in the Bible and in, in Christian prayer that the moon was all part of God's design to help the world flourish when people have also then thought about what's the relationship of the christian church to god and the world the moon was often seen as a symbol that although we have no light of ourselves we can reflect the sun even in the darkest places like the dark reaches of night so one of the great christian metaphors of the the way the church should be, is although it has no power of itself, all it can do is reflect the goodness and truth and beauty of God in the darkest places of human living. So it's quite important for us to understand a kind of the lunar nature of the church. Then the other thing about the moon's surface was that it's it is pretty barren. And when the first astronauts went up there, they looked at the moon's surface and they see lots and lots of grey and they see dimples on the surface but there's nothing fertile about that place at all so when they look back on our beautiful blue planet there was this very very powerful visual understanding again that this world is all that humanity's got and it's rich and beautiful and lovely therefore it's worth our love so What we're trying to do is think about the relationship between science and religion and that's going to be our our summer exhibition, followed by a very prestigious series of lectures. Uh, We're trying to think uh, about the human journey through life, from birth to death, and think about its meaning and purpose. We're relating that to all the biblical journeys, beginning with Abraham through to Christ, uh, that perhaps give us waymarks as we walk through life towards life's fulfilment and life's goals. So it's part of a very big and ambitious programme.
0: Through the lunar surface is very much your launch pad for, for a greater series of debates. That's a the year. very
3: nice way of putting it, yes. <laughs> Thank you. And when
0: people are walking around your cathedral, walking on that surface, mm-hmm. what, what do you hope that they will get out of that?
3: I hope we just rekindle wonder. Uh, it seems to be one of the the fundamental attributes of people of faith is that they are people who give thanks and they pray and they wonder. I hope it will help us to see our smallness in relation to God's hugeness. I hope it will also enable us to have a renewed sense of care for our own environments and for this planet.
0: One of the lesser-known events that happened on that first lunar landing was the astronaut Buzz Aldrin taking the communion elements from his church Uh, to to took them on board the lunar module and Mm. then consumed them while
3: he was on the moon. How significant is that for you? It's very significant. It's a discovery I I didn't make until a few years ago. And it's a delightful and perhaps only recently discovered uh, fact. The first meal shared on the moon's surface was Holy Communion. Something rather wonderful about that.
0: So at the exact time that Buzz Aldrin Mm. took the bread and wine on the moon in the lunar module... You're going to be recreating that moment, celebrating the Eucharist in the cathedral on your own lunar surface. Now, you're in a a cathedral where presumably the Eucharist has been celebrated every day for over at least a thousand years.
3: Why would that be different on this occasion? It'll be different because um, we're linking very, very carefully our life on earth with God's love and, and creativity in the universe. Because what it was bringing together was the fact, yes, he is the God who creates complexity and and a universe almost without measurement. And yet, at the heart of that is the love that's been revealed in the personal work of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ's own gift to us is a share communion with him in what constitutes his love between himself and the Father in the Holy Spirit. So this is a a wonderful moment when we're linking the whole of a Christian revelation in one act of love and praise. And we're actually going to use the American prayer book, which um, is fondly known by liturgists as the Star Wars liturgy, but it's the only Eucharistic prayer, I think in the Anglican communion, which takes to note the the sheer awesomeness of the universe and the notion of evolution. So um, I think that's going to be a very special moment indeed. God of all power, ruler of the universe, you are worthy of glory and praise. At your command all things came to me, the vast expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets in their courses, and this fragile earth, our island home. From the primal elements you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason and skill. You made us
0: the rulers of creation. Well, I suppose it must be exciting for you because this is probably a rare occasion where the, the realm of, of science and religion are now so perfectly entwined. Yes. What
3: the it brings. I think many of, the, many of the, the standoffs that we've experienced in the 20th century have been almost about semantic differences rather than matters of profound substance. You know, I think many people are arguing about how you interpret a text. And I remember being in you know, very, very, very kind of crude six-formy discussions about you know, the incompatibility of our language. You know, here hear people discovering physics and chemistry and biology and say, how can you possibly go alongside, see all this stuff in the Bible you know, about just God creating like that in seven days? And of course, what what wasn't being taught to us, I think, probably at school, was the sophisticated language that's behind the Bible of saga and poetry and myth to try and explain the incomprehensible or to at least set God's activity in a thought form that didn't seal up all the opportunities but, but, but actually answered the big why question. And what science was always trying to answer was the how question and the compatibility of those why and how questions needs to be, uh, I think, re-emphasised.
0: Well, we've come back to the cathedral now, but away from the visitors exploring the lunar landscape down in the nave, and up this very narrow, tiny staircase, which you could almost miss, into one of the oldest parts of the building. And although small and simple in style, there's very much a sense of awe and mystery to this quiet chapel, curiously named the Chapel of St Chad's Head. The very idea of journey to wander and explore is central to the existence of this cathedral. In fact, it wouldn't be here at all if it wasn't for the work of St Chad a 7th century saint who travelled the breadth of England and Ireland, introducing Christianity to this part of the world. And it's to this very chapel that pilgrims would come in the Middle Ages from all over to gaze upon the skull of St Chad and pay reverence, making this cathedral the most important place of pilgrimage after Canterbury and Walsingham. Well, Adrian, over 1,300 years later, people are still flocking to your cathedral, But would it be too much of a leap of imagination to think that there's a commonality to the drive that led people to leave Earth and head for the moon and the ethos of this chapel and the life of its saint?
3: I think wherever there's kind of common endeavour, when there's a desire and a thirst for discovery, where you actually want to, to get to the heart of things, I would, in my generous way, want to call that pilgrimage.
0: So could you see that first trip to the Moon as a sort of pilgrimage?
3: Yeah, I can. I think it was a a pilgrimage made by, the metaphorically, the whole human race, that we were searching beyond ourselves for where the universe might be, how we could increase our understanding, and what it might teach us about ourselves.
0: What do you think people are searching for when they come here, whether it's in the footsteps of St Chad or at the moment to gaze upon
3: the surface of the moon? People tell us wonderful stories about what they discover here. Many people say, I've come to find some peace. And even though the cathedral is momentously busy, and I think it's probably one of the most unquiet places in Christendom, uh, people say they have found some peace. Uh, Lots of people kneel and pray and light candles. Uh, They stop still for a minute. A lot of people find this is, uh, how can I put it, like contact with a mother ship it fulfills levels of uh, of consolation that i cannot even begin to describe so what it does give people is is a sense of otherness of being taken again outside oneself and one's day-to-day preoccupations and maybe forced to consider the nature of god
0: Well this is a real treat. The cathedral's closed now and there's very much a sense of tranquillity here as dusk has fallen. You can almost feel the building relax after the activities of the day. And I'm joined by Canon Pat Hawkins who leads pastoral development and mission here at Litchfield Cathedral. And we're about to go up the central tower, one of Litchfield's famous three spires. As this is probably one of the best vantage points to see if we can get a clear view of the actual moon itself. Pat, are you ready?
2: I am. Right, so so I think terrible. we're going
0: this little door in the corner here. So, um, actually, Vico, do you want to go on first? Actually, you lead, lead the way. It's quite a.
2: How's your head for heights?
0: Well, I'm not sure. I don't know how far... It looks pretty high from outside, but. Gosh, it's quite a tight squeeze going around it here, is isn't it? Good like going in a castle, a sort of endless spiral stone steps.
2: Endless is the right word.
0: to be in the roof So where are we in relation to the cathedral below do you know
2: I think we're somewhere over the later chapel
0: Six one we're in the rafters of the roof going along a, a and you small can see wooden, the
2: vaulting wooden in the roof
0: oh, that's the view from above the stone vaulting yes and we're on a sort of wooden bridge going through the beams. Oh, mind your head, it's getting lower. And through here, hopefully. Are you sure we're going the right direction? Here I am. Do you know you're going back? <laughs> Gosh. It's now quite dark. So I think, by the looks of it, it's now a right turn through what looks like a hole in the roof.
2: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is.
0: <laughs> now, we've got to duck down to go through here. Yeah. And, oh my, ooh,
2: oh, there my Watch your step.
0: Gosh, and here we are, wow. Good heavens. So we're, we're just to the, the left of the big central spire, aren't we? Yes. And there below, is Litchfield and can't quite see the moon oh there we are behind us there's the moon so it's not exactly a full moon but there's a bit of it yeah
2: a little bit yes. a bit of a half
0: moon and yes. despite the lights of Litchfield below us uh, you can make one or two stars so we're, we're not too bad for a, a summer's evening there's a bit of cloud but we can see it so Pat It's interesting, all through today, as we've been with visitors looking at the lunar landscape on the floor of the cathedral, and we've been talking to the dean, it's extraordinary how uh, versatile the moon can be in a way that perhaps I've not considered before. It can be a metaphor to inspire the psalmists, it's there as a metaphor of of, of pilgrimage. it's there as a place of encounter, It, it can be a sacred space. And above all, it's something which enables us to look back at our own world and, of course, look back at ourselves. But do you think you need the lens of faith to be able to interpret the moon in that way? Are are we putting too much into it just because of this anniversary?
2: I think you need the lens of wonder. I think you need to be taken out of yourself in order to see it like that. But, But, no, I don't think you do need the lens of faith because, I forget the figures, but how many millions of people watched the moon landing, stayed up all night to watch it. That, that said something about the power of its image.
0: So inevitably, of course, whenever you're looking at the moon, particularly here in the context of literal cathedral as part of your exhibition, people are going to think about the relationship between religion and science, church and science. Of course. Is, is that something that you always find, even with your own faith, that there is a tension or, or a contradiction that can be at work?
2: No, not at all. I find um, science, and particularly mathematics and physics, absolutely fascinating. And, And I have never found a contradiction at all, because it seems to me that both science and religion, faith, when they're working properly, expand our minds and our imaginations and our hearts, and don't close them down. So for me, there's only a conflict when either science or religion, or often both, try to be reductionist.
0: So as we discover more, does your faith or your uh, understanding or desire for God increase with that scientific discovery? Can it work like that?
2: I think it can, yes. Um, I think, for me, my belief in God has come in the sense of relationship with God rather than a, a set of theories about God. So what science does... And and what the exploration of space does for me is to keep on challenging me that I don't make God too small.
0: The lunar surface is here in the cathedral for you to explore until the end of September. And throughout August, you can watch a film on the moon Marvel at the Great Exhibition 2019, Space, God, the Universe and Everything, which will transform the inside of the cathedral with a stunning light show. And there's your chance to meet Britain's first astronaut, Helen Sharman. Then in September and October, you can hear lectures from some of the country's leading scientists and theologians as they engage with important questions relating to our knowledge and place in the universe. And in November, Benjamin Zephaniah opens a poetry festival inspired by the awe and wonder of the moon landing anniversary. Details on these and the Cathedral's other exciting events, its music and worship, can be found on Litchfield Cathedral's Twitter, Facebook and website.